Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hold the Line. My name's Joe, and I'm a British force-free gun dog trainer. You can check out my online courses at forcefreegundog.com. The newest course is called Training the T Drill. You can also pick up a copy of my book called Force Free Gun Dog Training: The Fundamentals for Success, which is available on Amazon's everywhere around the world. There's also an accompanying workbook to record your training sessions in. I'm currently working on a sequel to Force Free Gun Dog Training. And I hope it's going to be out maybe in about six months. We'll see. That's all for now. Let's get on with the show. Train your gun dog without force or fear. Motivate and educate. Hold the line is here. Invention, repetition, generalization, motivation. Hold the line. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Hold the Line, the podcast for force free gun dog training. So today I have an exciting interview for you all with someone called Penny Baker. So I came across Penny in the Pet Tutor user group on Facebook and someone posted an interview with her about using the Pet Tutor to train retrievers to line out for blinds. And I thought this was quite interesting and relevant. And so I eagerly watched the interview with her and thought this is a really interesting person to ask if she would come and talk on the show about what she's doing with the pet cheetah. Because I think that treat dispensers, whether the pet cheetah or other versions of treat dispensers, open up a whole new world of possibility when it comes to training retrievers um, or any gun dog, really. And I think that we need to kind of explore it a little bit more. So I asked Penny if she would come on the show to talk a little bit about what she'd been doing with her dogs. And she agreed. So that was brilliant. So with no further ado, I want to introduce you to Penny Baker, who competes in hunt tests and gun dog events with her Labradors in America. All the line. Cool. All right. So hello, Penny. Thank you very much for coming on to Hold the Line today. Now, I just want to explain a bit about how I came across you and asked you to be here, really. I saw an interview that the Pet Cheetah people did with you in the Pet Cheetah Facebook group, and it was about gundog stuff, and I got very excited because I thought, wow, look, there's someone else doing gundog stuff and trying to use a remote treat dispenser for training gundogs. So I want to know more about this and know more about what you're doing with it and kind of what what you figured out in terms of using it with your own dogs so i think maybe before we talk about that just tell us about your own dogs what dogs you have and the problems that you were having before you started to use the the pet tutor okay um well uh i have four dogs right now two of which i'm training for field work um and at the time i had purchased the pet tutor i was struggling with my yellow Labrador, um, for blind work. Um, so for sending her, you know, casting at a distance to something that isn't there. Um, and when you train with somebody or you train with a group and you're training the way that we train positively, you can have somebody at the, you know, other end loading up the bowl, which is how we used it, sending them to a food bowl. Um, and then once, once they get more into it, you can leave the bumpers there or the birds there. Um, 
but that wasn't really working a lot for her. And since I do a lot of training by myself, unless she saw me walk to the bowl and leave food, she just wasn't interested in really pursuing or persevering. She wasn't really drivey. Um, and in the summertime, she doesn't like the heat. And it, so there were lots of conditions that were causing her problems. Just she's not a not a hard dog. She's a soft dog. And so I was struggling with that. So I was talking to the woman that I train with and, and I sort of just said, Hey, you wonder what if I had like a food dispenser? Cause we were talking about, I couldn't go to the next level unless I got this blind work down. It would just be throwing money away. Um, and that's when we started talking about we I somehow need a way to get the food out there without her seeing me walk 60 feet, 80 feet each time. <laughs> Plus it gets long tiring. Um, <laughs> when, you know, when you start to work up the distance. So I thought, you know, I, I don't know. I started looking into things. I had one of those, uh, treat trainer, uh, minder, manner minders, and that doesn't give me the distance, um, that I needed. Plus I had left it out in the rain and it wasn't working anyway. Um, so I started seeing this thing about the pet tutor, um, from the Denise Fenzi folks. So I looked into that. It looked like it would reach the distance that I needed. And that's how I started with that. Um, that's why kind of how it started. Right. And so it was it hunt tests that you were doing with your dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I do a little hunting with some friends, uh, with a friend, but um, mostly um, I do hunt tests and um, both AKC and uh, HRC ones, the UKC oh. stuff. Um, so yeah, for me specifically, it was training. Cause you know, if you're hunting, you're not sending them on an 80 yard blind. <laughs> right. Not so had you done, is it, is it junior hunter that comes first? So had you done, you done that level and then it was the next level that you got stuck on? Yeah. Yeah. For this particular dog. Yep. She had her JH title and she had her started title for UKC. Um, and I was working on the, on the next. So the seasoned or the senior level, um, and I'd already gone through some issues with this dog. She had um, become a very fearful after about her third heat cycle. So I was struggling with that. I ended up getting her spayed. Um, she, as a result, got a little um, very nervous of people and things behind her. Um, so I was already struggling with things. So I really need to needed to get her focused and want to do the work, you know? Um, so it, and you know, like I said before, it's useless. If you don't have those skills, it's useless to go to the next level. Um, you know, you can get, you can wing your way through the, the beginning levels, but not as you go up higher. Right. So. And so presumably you tried putting the dummies, the bumpers out there and that wasn't enough. That wasn't motivating enough for her to, to get her out there. Not as the distance got up. Her, her drive didn't really kick in either. It hadn't, hadn't quite kicked in yet. Like, like she was doing the work and it was fun, but, um, it wasn't quite as fun to her as other things. So she would do the work. Um, but as soon as other things, you know, the heat going up a hill, repetitive. So drill work. Um, you know, some dogs love to drill, love to do it over and over again. And she did not. She didn't have that in her. And I think some of it was she wasn't putting the pieces together. She didn't really get it. Um, 
and she was more birdie than than bumper, but I can't use birds all the time. I have to be able to train with both. Um, mm. And she just she just hadn't gotten she hadn't gotten it yet. There and there were lots of factors in the way. Um, so so just just to kind of paint a picture of what was happening, she was. Was she no going? So she was sitting by your side and you were sending her and she just wouldn't go? Or would she run out a little way and then she would just peter out and sniff something and give up? Or, um, or was she, she popping and looking back at you and going, hey, I don't give me some Combination or, of all of those things, it would kind of depend. So if I was trying to do it in my yard and the particular place that I have to do it is has a little bit of an incline, she would start to kind of just peter out and sort of just lumber up there like, okay, I guess I'm going up this hill again. Um, and there were times where if I had tried to do it too many times, because you know, that time where you say, Oh, that was good. I should stop there. And then you don't, um, she would maybe give me a no go and then, you know, kind of now you're done. Once you get a no go, you might like, might as well just stop for the day. Um, cause it's hard to, for her, it was hard to recover. Um, not too much popping um, because she wasn't didn't really have enough um, momentum to even get herself going. I get I'll get popping if a dog is oh, okay. Yeah, I'm supposed to go, and then gets about halfway out and says, "What am I doing? You know, it's too far." But I wasn't even getting that with her. Right. So you got the pet cheetah. Did you can you considered other? Um, treat dispensers, but you chose the pet cheetah because of the range. It sounds like that enabled you to work at a distance. Yeah, I, I the only reason I I had I had a that minor what is that called manor minder? That's what it is. Yeah, manor um, minder. Yeah, yeah. Or, or treat and train. I think it's been yes. the same th- named the same thing by different yeah. people at different times. So I had that, um, but as I mentioned, when I went to go use it, I realized first of all um, it wasn't going to help me because the remote had gotten left out in the rain. Um, and it, it wasn't going to have the range that I needed. You know, if I'm trying to train for 60 yards, I really, really need to do like 80. Cause I, if I know she can do 80, then I know she can do 60. You know, it's like running for a marathon. Yeah. You do, you know, so I, I just, the only reason I went to that one, I'm not even aware of other ones around was because, um, 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 student at the Denise Fenzi. And so they, people were starting to talk about that. It was like coming, becoming a big thing. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's, it's really pricey. And, you know, I don't, I don't really know. And then I started looking into the distance thing and I'm like, well, if it really does that distance, then it'll probably at least help me get the drive going. And if I can get the drive going, then I would probably be okay. Um, so that's, that's when I, um, I, I looked into it for that. Um, however, it didn't quite give me what I needed at first. So that's, that was all of my finagling that you saw in the video that I had to do. Okay, folks, it's time for a whistle pause. A whistle pause is when there would usually be an advert from a sponsor. But I don't have a sponsor. So instead, I'm going to play you a tune on my trusty Acme 212. Now the tune there is slightly hampered by the fact that the 212 is just one pitch, but I hope you can appreciate the rhythm. Now the reason that we've got this beautiful whistle pause instead of an advert is because I don't get any funding for this podcast or sponsorship. I record it, edit it, upload it myself, and I pay for the server. 
I don't want to get a sponsor because then I have to promote whatever business is sponsoring me. And apart from the fact that I think that most dog products are bollocks, I would lose some of the independence and the freedom that I have at the moment to say whatever I want to say about whatever I want to say it about. But if you want to support me, and if you like this podcast, then there are some ways that you can support me, which will also benefit you, I hope. So you can check out the online courses I make, which you can find at forcefreegundog.com. And you can also check out my book, Force Free Gundog Training, and the accompanying workbook for it, which is a planner called The Workbook. You can get both of these from Amazon wherever you live in the world. So I really hope you can support me and check out some of this material. Anyway, that is the end of today's Whistle Pause. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, so tell us a bit more about that in a minute, but I just want to check, did you get the smart clicker with the pet tutor or did you just use the app on your phone? No, I use um, the smart clicker and I actually have a um, a prototype of one that they were um, playing around with. So they're, they have one that's coming out soon that might give you more distance. Um, and I say I have a prototype because my husband took it and re-engineered it for me. He's an engineer. Um, to, to give it more distance because the, um, uh, that little battery that they use in it, you know, it's not really powerful. And that's part of what helps give you the distance. Um, right. So, um, I, we did that. We played around a lot, a little bit with that. And then I, I started raising it because the receiver or transmitter, whichever it is that's in the actual unit is on the base. So if you put it oh, on the ground. that's why you were hanging it on the poles. Yeah. And why you were doing that. Yeah, for a couple of reasons, but mostly to get the, the height. Um, <clears throat> because, well, I, I didn't want to use the phone. It's just like too many things between the whistle and the treats. And the, yeah. it just, you know, and I'm used to a clicker. So that was pretty easy for me to kind of um, do that. And you get better distance if you're using the clicker. You won't get the same distance with the app. Um, so I started doing like what you said, I started raising it up a little bit cause I train like you probably do in, I don't train in pristine fields, <laughs> you know? So the minute you put that unit on the ground with that black base, you, you've almost lost it as far as when just trying to do, um, distance work. I mean, I could get some, but I, I couldn't get past like 30 yards, 30, 40 yards, um, which was not long enough for me. Do you mean um, in terms of the dog being able to see it from a distance? No, for the uh, remote being able to. Oh, for the to, remote from, yeah. right, from picking up the signal, right? Yeah, because I actually didn't want her, you know, eventually once they get used to it, I don't want her to see the unit. Um, mm. But to start off with, it, I made it, you know, big and bold and and it was, you know, screaming at her. Um, and then when she got there, of course, she sees the food. So she's pretty good with that. She's very food oriented. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and you had the, the Generation 3 pet cheetah, is that right? Because I know that, because I've got the Generation 2, you see, which doesn't have quite so good range. To be honest, I'm not sure, but I'm going to say yes, since I think I have the one with the longest range. I, I think if you got it pretty recently, it would probably be the Generation 3. Yeah, so I bought it like a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, so yeah I'm sure that would be the 3. 
Yeah. So I think that is the combination um, Wes said to me of for the, if you want the most range, that the, the Generation 3 and the Smart Clicker, the com- combination of those two things gives you the best range. Right, um, right. Yeah. Unfortunately for me with the Generation 2. But so anyway, tell us a bit about how, what, what did you do when you got the pet tutor and what did you try which didn't work so well and how did you find your way towards the, the way of using it that works for you? Okay. So, um, I started off as I do with everything, you know, up, up at close where she knew where it was. It didn't take her long to figure out that if she ran into it, treats came out. Um, so that piece, I didn't have to worry about too much. Um, and once she figured that out, I could start to work on increasing the distance. Um, I did have to play around with what treats work the best in there for my purposes. <clears throat> Cause if I was using it near water, she's wet. <clears throat> so, you know, you gotta be careful um, about that with things getting soggy. Um, but I pretty quickly went to, okay, she gets this and she understands that if she runs to it, she gets a cookie. So now I don't have to walk up there every single time. Okay. And then I just went into starting to increase the distance cause that's what I really needed it for. Um, because at any time it was up close and she started me put food in, she was fine. It was when we started doing the distance and I wasn't putting food. Right. Um, so the places where I started to work on it, even those were happened to be flat fields and I still wasn't getting the distance and, you know, it's not a cheap piece of equipment. So I was like, ah, that's not going to work. <laughs> and I immediately, uh, got a hold of Wes and I said, I think I'm going to have to return this. It's not doing what I want. And, you know, I specifically purchased it to do this stuff. I don't need it for anything else. I'm not looking to do anything else with it. This is what I purchased it for. And you, and the range that you talked about. So we went through a lot of discussions about, well, it works good when it's in the house for that range. And I said, yeah, I said, but think about it. I'm outside, I'm in the grass and you know, all sorts of other factors, the sun or the rain or the clouds or things like that. And understanding, of course, that that's not what he built it for. Um, But he's pretty intrigued by when people start to use things in a different manner. So he was really good about um, talking with me and working with me. You know, if I wanted to return it, that would be fine. If I didn't, he'd work with me. So that's when we started talking about how does it work? You know, where's the receiver How does that clicker work? What happens when you hit the clicker too many times? It basically negates itself out and doesn't do anything um, and things like that. So we started talking about, well, maybe if I raised it a little bit and uh, different things. Um, And so I just started playing around with it. And so what you saw in the video was many iterations of my um, and roping my husband into helping me, um, come up with different ways of hanging it, um, and different ways of how the food's going to come out and where it's going to come out to. Um, because I have, I still am struggling a bit and I'm, and I'm working through that there, um, with the pet tutor folks of bouncing treats because I have to get that height. Um, because of the distance and because when I set it up near water, I don't want it near the ground. Right. 
Um, so I'm still struggling with the bouncing treats, but the rest of the stuff we started to kind of figure out, I can hang it. I need it to be, um, steady, not moving, you know, it's round against a flat post. <laughs> so the minute the dog starts to enthusiastically eat out of the dish, everything starts to move. Um, so I, ju I just started playing and, and Wes got sort of intrigued by it all. Um, he was, you know, happy that somebody was using it for another, um, non, you know, force type process. Um, right. So you, when you have it hanging on the pole, so I think just to describe this for people who may, may not have seen the video, but I'm going to put a link to the video in the show notes so that they can watch some of this as well. Um, okay. so, so yeah, you've got the pet cheetah hung on a white plastic fence post, um, electric fence post. Um, mm -hmm. and do you have anything underneath for the tree to fall into? Is it just falling on the ground? No, it's, um, it's, it's begun through iterations of different types of bowls. <laughs> right. So um, I had a stationary kind of bowl that was screwed onto the post that I would screw on when I put it all together um, to take it out to the field. Um, and then I went to a, a plastic silicone bowl that I could actually, it would collapse on itself so I could leave it attached, but I could just fold it up when I wasn't using the whole unit. Um, and then I started working with the pet tutor folks and, you know, they whipped up in their 3d printer, um, a little, that travel bowl that came out was kind of started with me <laughs> and <laughs> they put up a, a, an, a, it's an attachment that the tutor screws into, and I'm now actually playing around with that um, because I realized that I could probably put that attachment on. It was really made to sit on the ground, but again, uh, like you said, I've got it hanging from um, uh, hooks that they made for me um, that they now use for other things. On, I've got them attached to that post and then the tutor hanging from that. And then underneath that, still attached to the tutor, is that little kind of flat travel bowl um, that everything kind of s slides into each other. Um, and that's where I am right now with it. But I don't have quite enough distance between the bowl and the tutor and my dog's head. I mean, they're make the dogs are making it work, but I would like it to be a, a little different. Um, right. And those hooks, uh, those little plastic hooks that they send out now, like to to hang the tutor. Um, I had was using one of those, and because of the tension I was putting on it to keep it from moving, um, I snapped it. So now I use two. I've got two together, zip tied together. Um, and I think they're looking into making maybe a wider one that would sort of help with that, you know, in their free time when they're done, um, they're with their backlog of sending out units. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small person operation, those guys. So, yeah, I think it is the best treat dispenser on the market. It's not available actually in Europe, as far as I know. Anyway, the last time I checked, it wasn't. So I got yeah. ours. My husband is American and he works a lot in America. And so I got it ordered to his hotel and he brought it back with him ah. from one trip over there that's how nice. i happen to have one but nice yeah so anyway um yeah so i wanted to ask you when you're training your dogs with this what point what moment are you pressing your smart clicker are you pressing the clicker like the dog starts off from you 
because it just, it beeps, doesn't it, when you press the clicker? So the, it's almost like a, cl- a click which the dog is getting. It can so be. You, or are you waiting until they get right to it and then pressing it? And so I was wondering about that. Um, I did it multiple ways. So when I first started, um, because I wanted to work on her going fast to the even to the bowl, um, I would um, click it about halfway when I knew she could hear it. And you could tell she could hear it because she would speed up, which is what I wanted her to do. I wanted her to say, oh, yeah, that's right, there's cookies, and and run. So it's a little bit of a bribe, but it was just getting the whole, there's stuff there, there's stuff there, there's stuff there, that that kind of mentality. Um, And then as she got better at it, what I would do is as she was coming back from being there and from picking up a bumper, because I did leave bumpers out there for her, I would release food again while she was on her way back. Um, I did have to time it correctly, though, so that she couldn't really hear it. Because even if you can actually turn that noise off, so it can be silent. Um, But she can hear the cookies dropping into the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I had to time that. So starting off with, I would, you know, even if I'd already dispensed food, I would do it again as she was on her way out there because she could hear the click and she could hear the cookies and that would speed her up. And then I gradually faded that out and would just do it on, on when she was on a return to me. And then when she got out there, there would be food there. Um, for her, I had to make sure also that there were bumpers because she got very confused. She did, she, she had already patterned in, I go out and I get something and I come back even if she wasn't doing it fast. So she was running out there getting the food and then looking around and looking around a long time for something to bring back. And I, she just was like, I'm like, you know what? I'll just throw stuff out there. Um, because that's what I wanted to do ultimately anyway. So, you know, yeah, that was something I wanted to ask you about because I noticed that in the video. So, so you had a sort of Going out to the pet shooter, she would get the treat and then you would have a bumper by the pet shooter. So she would then pick up the bumper and bring that back to you as right. well. Right. And right. so I was sort of thinking, you know, I mean, it seems that it worked really well for her, but some dogs might just run out and get the treat and then be like, right, we've done the exercise now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been experimenting a little bit. I'm not able to do this with a pet cheetah because my version two, I don't think the range is going to be good enough. So I've been doing a little bit of this with the ready treats, ready treat dispenser, um, which um, in some ways is not so good because I can only put, you know, it's the same problem that you had in that the dog sees you put the treat in and then you know that it's there because you can only put one treat in each time. That's got a oh. door which opens for the dog to eat the treat out of. So in that yeah. way, it's not so not as good, but you can use tastier treats. You can use squishy treats oh, in yeah. there which, I, which you can't really do in the pet cheetah so if you've got a kind of really fussy unfood motivated dog it works quite well in that way right um so anyway um one so of the things i've been my, doing with her hmm. um with my puppy just to address the thing that you were talking about with the having a bumper there or not having a bumper yeah. with the puppy that i started using this for there's nothing out there there's just the food and for right. her, um, and that's for her, it's okay. Cause first of all, she gets really distracted about smells. So the chances of her bringing it back right now are slim to none. Um, but for her, all I'm doing is, is trying to pattern out, go out, get the food, come back, go out, get the food, come back. So she has a nice whistle recall 
Um, I think I, I think I posted something on pet tutor using that, using her. So now, right now I'm just working on patterning her going out in a straight line to that and then eventually increasing the distance because of, you know, the bringing something back will just come on its own, hopefully since they're retrievers, (laughs) I'll work on that separately. Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds a little bit like what, I mean, what I've been doing is my, my, I've got a GSP puppy. She's about nine months now, eight months. And she, she will, she doesn't have a lot of run in her to do something over and over again repetitively. So I can Mm -hmm. only do this maybe three, three, four reps and that'll be fine. And she'll do them very well, but I don't want to push it beyond that because I'd start to get no goes and going off and sniffing things. So I just do that many number of reps. But what I've been doing with ready treat is I've been sort of doing a couple of runs just she just goes there and eats the treat and then she comes back and she does it she does a hand target so she does a nose touch um which is what i use for my delivery for the clicker retrieve so she sort of got the going out and coming back thing yeah. and then so i usually do one like that and then i'll do a retrieve without the treat dispenser so i'll, I'll put at the base of the pole the bumper or the dummy and then <clears throat> just run it like a retrieve and she'll run out there believing that there might be food there when there's no food there she finds a dummy instead and then she brings that back to uh, me and then the third yeah. time the third rep i'll put the food back again so it sort of goes okay. you know yeah. food bumper food and i might mix it up a bit so it's not so predictable as well right um right. but yes yeah, so that's kind of what i've been experimenting with a little bit because i thought if i just do food and only food in a sort of long-term ongoing way my worry was that this was going to be what the exercise became. And when I started to introduce the bumper, it would be a bit like, well, what is this thing here and what are we doing? And is this part of the same exercise? And so I thought I would kind of smoosh them together earlier on kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's what I've been playing around with anyway. I think all yeah. of this is really interesting because it's not like, you know, it's all kind of a whole new way of trying to use these devices, isn't it? Right. Right. And it, and it's going to vary by, by dog, uh, you know, um, mm. For, for sure. Um, and, and with Zoe, the yellow now, if I'm working on, say, a cold blind that I'm going to go set it up and she doesn't know where it is, I will maybe set out two bumpers or two ducks. If I use ducks, I don't really need to worry about food. But if I'm using bumpers and setting them out there, I will put a treat or two on top of one of the bumpers. So similar to what you're talking right. about. So for the first time, she goes out there and she gets the bumper she gets food and a bumper. And then the next time when I send her, cause I'll have um, walked back to increase some distance. When I send her the second time, there's no food there, but there's the bumper. Um, but she was still driven to go out there. So it's kind of, you know, same thing. It's patterning the, you know, the drive and the desire to want to go out there and, and trying to make, I think you probably do the same thing. The return and the delivery just as exciting as the going out. Yeah. You know? I try and give a really extra tasty treat after the delivery Yeah, to make that yeah. really worthwhile. I will have that um, problem with my puppy. She's she's much more independent than the last three dogs I trained for field work. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll be working a lot on that. <laughs> and the thing that I wanted to also mention, though, about the pet tutor is that the talking about the treats that you can put in it, you like I know some of the treat dispensers, like for example, the treat and train and the manners minor, you can really only use dry treats like kibble or similar. And it really gets gummed up if you try and use anything even slightly moist. Was the pet, you know, you know, you can use um cheese or you can use frankfurter or you can use, you know, some sort of solid meat. Like so you can use tastier treats basically. It works really well with that. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to interrupt this fabulous discussion to bring you today's whistle pause. The whistle pause is where an ad break would usually be, but I don't have an ad break. I just have me and my whistle, my trusty T12, on which I'm going to play you a tune. The sad thing about my whistle at the moment is that it's dying a little bit, so bits of plastic have broken off. So it will only blow if I blow it really loudly, then a note will come out. Otherwise, it's this kind of whispery, hoarse, airy, breathy noise. So I've got another whistle on order, and I'd like to reassure you that the, the whistle paws will improve in quality in future episodes. Now, the reason we don't have an ad break here and you have this whistle pause instead is because I don't have a sponsor. I don't want a sponsor because I want to be completely free to recommend the products I want to recommend and I don't want to have to recommend a product that I don't believe in or love in order to get sponsorship. So there are some ways you can support me though because otherwise it is just me making this podcast. So if you like this podcast, there are some simple things and free things that you can do. One is to share it and to tell other people about it and to post it on social media and to promote it whenever you can. The other thing you can do will benefit you as well, I hope. You can check out some of my courses, my online platform, forcefreegundog.com. And you can also check out my book, Force Free Gundog Training and the accompanying workbook for it, which is a planner called The Workbook. You can get both of these from Amazon, wherever you live. That is the end of today's whistle pause. Let's get back to the show. I've heard that. I have not tried that. Um, All right. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I'm not sure I want to venture down that path. I'm, I, although that might help the puppy. Um, <laughs> a little hesitant about why am I going to this thing for, for treats right now? Um, right. I use, uh, I call them cardboard. I use those Charlie bears. Charlie um, bears. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's probably, a, maybe it's a States thing. It's, that's what they're called. They're called Charlie bears. They kind of look like, um, a smaller version of an oyster cracker, you know, like you put in, in a, in a chowder, um, right. little round soda crackers. It kind of looks right. like that. Only smaller um and i have no idea why but they're like doggy crack to my dogs they <laughs> absolutely love them um they do get soggy quickly because they're basically hollow and they're i don't know what they are they're just they're garbage i'm sure but um <laughs> they love them and they work well in that in the pet tutor so that's what i use because they're easy to shove in your pocket and stomp out to the field with them and carry a bag right. in the car and you know so I'm all about that's what I'm always telling Wes when he starts talking about stuff I said that's way too much work for me Wes it's all about ease for me <laughs> I'm trucking wow. out into a field and around water I don't want to be carrying five pieces of things that I have to put together when I get there I can't I, you know, right no I'm so. with you on that one I mean the pet shooter is quite large it has to be said one of the things that appealed to me about the ready tree is it's really tiny it's like um, I thought it looked like a little mouse trap actually when I first I've saw seen it. I've that, the, yeah. It, that would be kind of cool if you could load it up, you know, a little yeah. bit. Um, it doesn't have the same range. That's a downside. And you can only put one treat in at a time. So I'm thinking it's going to be good for sort of starting off the concept of like three-handed casting and stuff, but not for taking a little bit further beyond that. So Yeah. Yeah. Interesting why they would only make it 
for one tree at a time. That's very strange, actually. Yeah, I think it's designed originally for agility. So the idea is to teach the dog to focus forward. So like if they're coming through the weaves, rather than wanting sure. to look back at their handle, but to just drive straight through forwards. And also you can then, if the dog skips out the weaves and doesn't do them properly, then you can just not release the treat. Right. They don't press still, the button. Not that they asked me, but you could still like have multiples of <laughs> Yeah, I, I used, guess that's true. I used the manner miners for for weave pull work actually a long time ago, so that that does that makes sense. But um, but certainly it sounds like it's easy to carry around. So um. yes, it's easy to carry around. You do need a remote for each one of them though. So because I've got three, see, because my plan is to try this with with the three hand oh. casting, which again is, I want to talk to you about oh. your thoughts about the pet cheetah and three hand casting. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I only just started using that to try with the casting. And I think I did it because somebody asked a question about it in that um, in that little interview I did. Or maybe you asked the question. I'm not I'm not sure. I didn't watch um, it live, so I don't think it was me. But OK, yeah, it, it did come up. I. Um, I went back and started to using that because I do have trouble with her casting a little bit too. Again, the minute I put the distance in, not that she doesn't cast um, correctly, but I have trouble with her backs as to her taking the correct hand signal. Um, hmm. But um, I think that's more the fact that she's not listening, not paying attention. It's not really a lack of understanding. It's just now when, now that she's gotten a little higher, she's, she's not really listening. Um, so for purposes of that, I did start using the pet tutor to work on that. And I think that was one of those videos I posted recently. And that is when I did exactly what you were talking about is I only released the treat if she took the correct hand signal. Mm. Um, so if I gave her a left back and she went to the right, she got nothing. She got there and there was nothing there. And that, that's the, and I have no bumpers there. So she gets nothing. She doesn't get any cookies and she gets nothing to bring back. And then we just say, okay, let's try again. Um, so I have, I incorporated that into some of her um, casting training. Cause that was the kind of one of those things I wanted to try to see if I could clean up a little. Ultimately in the test, it doesn't really matter if I send her, if I give her a right cast and she takes a left, the judges can't ding me on it. It might screw her up where she's going, but they can't ding me on it. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, so that's, I started using it for my back casting in that manner. So, um, and I started, but I haven't really done much with it on the three handed cast or in my case, four handed cast, but instead of wanting to put, you know, a unit at each place, you know, the two overs in the back, what I've been doing before I even introduced the pet toter, what I've been doing is I've got three food bowls out and I will just walk to each one and let her watch me. And one of them, I'm going to put a cookie in the rest of them. I'm not. Um, and there's no bumpers, no ducks, no nothing. And if I cast her and she goes to the wrong thing, she doesn't get anything. If I cast her and she goes to the right thing, then she's going to get a cookie. And that's how I've been to start off with working on the, the casting work. Um, I, right. I felt so, like so it was too much, um, too much 
fading out with pet tutors. You know, if you started really introducing pet tutors in that format, I don't right. know why, so, but that's what I felt. <laughs> so the, the, the locations where you're not putting the treat, you're, you're faking putting it so that the dog yeah. can't tell by watching you whether there is a treat there or not. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do a similar, a similar thing. Um, but yeah, so with, with the ready treat, I was planning on trying to do a similar thing, but using the, <laughs> the thing with the ready treat is you have a different remote for each direction. So my husband has labeled them with a label machine, <laughs> one, two, three, and then the remotes all have one, two, three on them. So I'm like, okay, so I have to think about which direction I'm casting, which make sure I'm holding the correct remote. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's a lot. That's why when you, uh, you mentioned something, I think it was on Facebook, you were talking about, um, uh, using the, the app on the phone. And I, I couldn't even imagine trying to do that while I'm doing everything else at the same time. Um, yeah, they need to make it like voice controlled. Maybe that would work. <laughs> There we go. Wes, if you're listening, make it I voice I think they control. do, don't they? Doesn't he have it that you can just go click and it's supposed to dispense, but he's probably not going to hear you from however what? far away it is. But Oh, I didn't know it did that. Oh. I think oh. they do They do that in like within a few meters of you. Oh, I think man. Well, that won't work for us, will it? <laughs> no. No. no, but I feel like it's so frustrating because I feel like the, t the tech is almost there for this to be like incredibly useful, but it's just that it needs someone to look at it in terms of what we need as a community, the force free gun dog community. And, you know, yeah, because it, it's really it? very different than what he's designing it for. And his and his focus right now is is very much for um, uh, disabled, you know, wheelchair folks and, and things like that. So that and that's a whole different, you know, whole course, whole different ball of wax. So. Um, you know, there's, I guess, so many things you can focus on. And the reality is that's probably a bit more important than gun dog work. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's got to be either or though. I mean, there's got to be some way that, you know, there's a, there's, I think there's definitely a market for it and there's a hunger for it. And there's people, there's lots of people like us probably trying these things out with various different devices and machines. And right. I think it would just be, you know, there's just a few things that need to be better. Like the range is is a big one and then not having to hold like three different devices or press five different buttons to to trigger the thing right. you want to press right um right. and to be able to dispense multiple treats not just one treat which the pet cheater has that but some of the others don't yeah and and i actually was having trouble with that i had to recalibrate it because it was like it was just like dumping every treat that was in it, it there was something got wonky with it and um i recalibrated it and took it apart and cleaned it when I realized everybody was talking about how often do you clean it? And I'm like, you're supposed to clean it. I don't <laughs> news, news to me. Okay. Well, so yeah, I think I've cleaned mine once. Be yeah. yeah it's, it was a lot of work. I, I, I don't know that I needed to. Um, if it's, if you're in bright sunlight, it can throw off the um, um, dispensing apparently, which cause of the, the eye that's in it. Oh, right. So, um, my little camo cover that I made for it actually works out in multiple ways because that keeps that from happening a little bit too. So, right. So you only have one, you haven't sort of splashed out and bought three, one for each direction. No, 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 I won't be, I won't be doing that. <laughs> That's a lot of <laughs> No, I took that big chunk of money and put it into a GPS collar instead. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
but I, I kind of think I don't need to. I mean, for me, most of my training is done in different places. I don't have a yard where I can do a lot of training. Um, so to go and, um, kind of start to set three of those up to start working on things is, I know I won't do that. So as, as intriguing as it sounds, um, it's not going to, it won't happen for me. It's easier for me to just lug out three bowls or put ducks out or, or something. Um, the, the single one really worked well, because even with the casting, you're not really worrying about distance to start off with. So I'm not too worried about, I'm not too worried about that piece. It was the driving out piece for, for me, you know? Um, yeah, I think that is the hardest piece. The left and right cast seem to be a bit easier for the dog than the, the going out away from you for an extended amount of time and just running and running on faith that there's some, that seems to be the harder thing to install. So I think if we can just, you know, right. use it for that alone, that's a great benefit. Well, and that's a, a good point about running and running to something that they have to trust is, is there. That was one yeah. of the things that when I first started working with it and that whole distance thing wasn't working, I, I, I was, I remember talking to Wes saying, I can't have her running out there and have nothing there. You know, that's, <laughs> that's only going to happen a few times. And then I got nothing. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't go. Of course not. There's nothing there. You. So it was a, interesting, you know, lesson for Wes to kind of understand too, about how it's that, you know, age old, uh, gun dog saying, never lie to your dog, you know, don't send them to something if it's not there. (laughs) Yeah. I think the difficulty though, is that if the dog doesn't run far enough to discover the thing, then they assume there isn't anything there because if they stop before they reach (laughs) it, they're like, Hey, there's nothing here, but it's because they haven't run far enough to get to it. So you've got this kind of balancing act of gradually extending the distance. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's a kind of a, and it all comes back to the kind of dog that you have. I tried using the um, pet tutor a little bit after I got it with, with Otto, my, my older dog that I was just wrapping up with, with, the field work for him. I'm, I'm not running him anymore for, for tests. And he ran out there and I, and I let the food and there were bumpers there and he didn't even take the food. He just grabbed a bumper and came back. Cause that's what his <laughs> drive was. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's not going to work. <laughs> um, but I did use it to work on him for his steadiness. So I had it set up behind us and would work on, you know, calls and gunshots out in front of us with him not going because of the honoring that I needed him to work on. And if he didn't go and the other, and the other dog went, or just if he stayed steady, then I released it for the, from the pet tutor. And what he did was he'd have to turn around to go get the treat. So that was interesting. Yeah. So going away from what he wanted to go to, that was his reward for, for not going forward to it. I do a similar exercise with a blind pole behind us. So if the dog is steady, then I'll turn around and line them to the pole. But I guess, uh, again, that assumes the dog is interested in the retrieve and finds it reinforcing enough. Yep. And that probably would have worked for him too. Yep. Um, he's just so high that um, I think the food probably cut through a little bit more. But I didn't try what you just suggested. That's interesting too. So, yeah, so all sorts of ways. I did. I asked in the Facebook group though, just to go back to three-handed casting thing, just in case anyone else is thinking about this. Mm-hmm. What would be involved in trying to have 
a pet cheetah at each location and would probably mean well three pet cheetahs but then it also seemed that you couldn't control three pet cheetahs from one smart clicker like it that wasn't possible right in order to control three pet cheetahs independently like to say yeah i want to i want to release this one now that you would ha- need to have the app and you need to use the app which then means you have to have like your phone open and everything you've just been talking about so that seems right. a bit not ideal as well right so yeah whereas if you're listening if you can just get the smart clicker to independently <laughs> release <laughs> yeah really your chosen pet you know <laughs> yeah huh yeah i mean I, I i still think you could probably do what you're suggesting without having three i think you could use you know one and just work on for this session um work on you know you'd only do it like twice it would be a very short duration mm. drill that says okay the pet tutor's over on the right and you're just going to work on casting to the right and then casting yeah. you, you know you you could do that because really all you're trying to do is teach the dog take that hand signal it, you know and then you'd have to fade it out fairly quickly but you're really just teaching the skill of turn to the right turn to the left um yeah so the fact that there's a pet tutor there isn't necessarily a bad thing it is pretty clear right it's almost like error free oh when she does that i'm gonna go over there because that giant thing is over there with the food Hmm. I don't know. Actually, now as I'm talking about it out loud, it doesn't actually sound like a bad thing. And you can gradually make that pet tutor look less, you know, like I blacked out the pole. I I painted it black so you couldn't really see it. I made that that clever little camo cover. I say that clever sarcastically, Um, but made a, you know, made the cover so that you couldn't really... um, see it, you know, wasn't that big, bright blue thing, make it silent. You know, there are ways that you can make it less and you could also hide it behind a blind. You could almost put like a, um, you know, a camo blind at each one of those spots. I'm talking out loud here. I'm getting some ideas actually. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so that every, every one of those would be hidden really, um, until they got up to it. And the one that had the pet tutor, you would release when they got when they went to it. You could do that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I was thinking while you're talking is, is even these dogs, like these really high drive dogs, which value the retrieve when you're starting out teaching them the three handed casting, sometimes it can be a bit difficult because they will make errors and they will try and go to the wrong one. You've got to have some way to stop that. So you know, you can have like your long line or whatever, your check cord, or um, you can just be really, try and be really clever with where you've put the dummies that there's not one where they're not supposed to go. But but at some point, right, you need to prevent them. And then I think that becomes, you know, when you're preventing them physically using the long line, it's not it's not awful, but I think it's nicer to use, you know, treat dispensers so they, you know, if they go there, there's just nothing there. So if they right. take the right. wrong cast, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, I like that. And depending an on your dog, you know, I mean, Otto, the one that I was, uh, my boy, there would be no using of the check cord, right? Right, unless you want to end up on your face or something. Yeah, yeah, that 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 wouldn't be happening. And I probably could do it with Zoe, the yellow, but that might end up in meaning that she won't go the next time, you know, because it would be a bigger correction for her. Yeah, um, exactly. The puppy, mm, I think, is going to fall into the auto category of yeah, whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, so this is an interesting conversation now. I'll have to rethink some things. But, um, (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't do well with the whole long line check cord thing. I don't. I, it's, it's like having multiple remotes. It's like in your. It's just yeah. There's a thing lot of stuff. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. There's a lot of stuff. The skill of stuff holding and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a long line <laughs> is is a skill for sure. Um, I'm using it with the puppy and um, for our hikes because her nose is way too active right now and um i'm very bad at it it's just always i'm always stepping on it and yeah i've had clients end up with broken bones from dogs their dog sort of running around them in circles and tying them up or (laughs) so it's definitely not perfect but i think it's the best thing we have sometimes i have i have a video of that if you go on to if on my personal page i was i was working on some duck retrieves with the puppy and I had her on a long line and I didn't pay attention to where I was stepping and I was videoing it and I sent her and then all of a sudden I realized that it was around my foot and so I did this little jump high step thing to get out of the way and that (laughs) ensued a whole bunch of clever comments from all of my friends about my skillful um, footwork Um, (laughs) but it could have gone badly quickly (laughs) yes definitely yeah. Cool. Anyway, well, it's been really good to talk to you, Penny. And thank you so much for your time. I'm going to put a link to the video of the interview with um, for Pet Tutor that you did. I'll put a link to that in the show notes and a link to Pet Tutor so people can find out some more information and the Facebook mm. group for Pet Tutor. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell people or um, websites you want to tell them about or any information you want to give them? No, I, uh, I'm, I don't think so. I, I, I think like you, the biggest thing about all of this is don't rush it and break it down. Like, you know, that kind of what you're talking about with the, all that casting work and all of that. I think people just, just rush. They just throw the dogs out there and just start working on it. And sometimes you just have to break it down into some ridiculously minute stage for the dog to understand. Um, I d- I've yeah. listened to a lot of um, Kay Lawrence stuff, and she's been here to the States for a couple seminars where I used to work. And um, I think out of everything that I learned from her, that's been the most valuable is to just break it down. Sometimes you got to, it's going to take a long time, but break it down. You got to split and yeah. split again and split yeah. some more. Yeah. Lumpers. Don't be a lumper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. Um, And yeah, let's stay in touch. Yes. And I'll send you some more um, clever videos if you want. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. All right. Thank thank you, Betty. Thank you. Bye.